Robbie, a singer, and Julia, a waitress, are both engaged but to the wrong people. Fortune intervenes to help them discover each other. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood. Childhood. We did it right. Yeah. A weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. That is correct. And if it's your first time joining us, hi, hello, welcome. My name's Ashley. This is Ryan. Hello as well. We already said that, so yes. pay attention. Yeah. Hey, there's going to be a quiz after this. Yeah. There's a quiz. Yeah. Go to our Facebook page, there will be a quiz. Yes. There won't be a quiz. We're just trying to get likes on our Facebook page. Yeah, you should totally do that. Yeah. Also, I am going to put up a poll. Yes. To vote for our next movie. So you should definitely check that out. Especially if you're like looking at our podcast and going, I like the idea of their podcast, but I don't like any of the movies they choose. Because that's how you talk. Yeah. This is your chance to use your your voice. Yeah. Use your voice. Don't vote in an election. Vote for our movie. Rock this vote. That was horrible. <laughs> do they still do that? I, th- I think MTV does. Okay. That's still a thing, right? Yeah. I feel like we're out of their demographic now, oh, so I have yeah. no clue. No, I'm I'm out of it. Yeah. 18 to 24? This guy's 34. Old. Old is dirty. Okay, anyway, let's get back on track. <laughs> this week, we are doing The Wedding Singer. Correct. It's a 1998 classic. I forgot to look at the year. Yes, it's Classic, starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Go ahead and hit us with some 1998 facts, Ryan. The movie was released on February 13th of 1998. It had a budget of $18 million. It made $80 million in the United States and grossed $123 million uh, worldwide. It was basically Adam Sandler's first hit movie. Oh. Uh, facts about 1998. The biggest TV shows were ER, Friends, Frasier, and Monday Night Football. And popular songs. Uh, we got Savage Garden, Truly Madly Deeply. Oh, man. Uh, Usher, Nice and Slow. Will Smith, Getting Jiggy With It. And uh, we'll go with uh, Casey and JoJo, All My Life. Oh, that was, you know, one of those songs that they played in school dances. And you're just like, now I have to awkwardly dance with this yeah. boy. I kind We're of going like... to stand about two feet apart. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's amazing. So, The Wedding Singer, what are some of your earliest memories of this Adam Sandler classic? And I can't talk. (laughs) I remember seeing this in theaters. Uh Uh-huh. I saw it with my friend Daniel, which that's the nice romantic comedy that you should go see with your buddy. Sure. I would say it was, like, my first, like, Adam Sandler's The Greatest Thing Ever. Like, I liked Happy Gilmore, and I liked Mm -hmm. even... Some of the other ones, like he did, like Billy Madison, but this was like at after this movie, I would say I saw all of his movies for about the next ten years in theaters. That's very true. And the other thing I remember was how amazing the soundtrack was. Like it, yes, they even made two volumes of the soundtrack because it was so popular. That's how you know it's good. Yeah, which it was basically just a gigantic mixtape. Yeah, of eighty songs. Yeah, so it, I, I loved the movie. I really, really enjoyed it. It was super good. What are your earliest memories, Ashley? I didn't see this in theaters oh. because 
I was only like 12 mm-hmm. and honestly, it probably didn't interest me that much. Also, I didn't really go to the movies that often when I was younger because um, I did live in a small town. It took a little while to get to a movie theater. Mm-hmm. But I do remember renting it. And I also obviously loved pretty much every Adam Sandler movie. My favorite when I was a kid was Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. So I think... Obviously, this was one that was in the stretch of probably like five movies that were really good of his. Yeah. I know a lot of people joke around now that he's not funny anymore and all this stuff, but you can't deny that his movies were funny at one point. And they, I mean, I want to say they're still funny. I mean, I guess that's the whole point of this podcast is to see how funny this one's going to hold up because we haven't seen it in a while, but... I, I would like to say that it would if we want to just <laughs> go into that. I think it will hold up. Mostly because it is set in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so it will be like this, you know, almost like a period piece. Yeah. And they're it's making funny to funny. say. They're making fun of the 80s the yes. whole time. Like, it's not like they're trying to be like, hey, we have big hair because we think big hair is cool. Like, no, this is, we're set in the 80s. This is the stuff that was popular. Right. I do think there will be things that age it as far as some jokes mm-hmm. um or some i guess we could call them adam sandler isms yeah that now we have gotten to the point where some of that stuff is really cliche or um you know some of the things he does is just like okay we get it you know i think every comedian goes through that or yeah. a comedic actor even like jim carrey like there's things that they do over and over again and people are like okay we get it that's your thing yeah like that's your shtick but and honestly, I can say, like, I, I, like you said, he had a string of, like, probably five or six years there where everything he did was a massive success. Right. And he was making a ton of money. I can honestly say, I don't know the last time I saw one of his movies. I know I have not seen any of the ones that he's done for Netflix. Yeah, we haven't. And I know he actually just uh, has one coming out right now with Jennifer Aniston, which... I did really enjoy the last one he did with Jennifer Aniston, so maybe I'll check it out. I think that was, like, the last one that I actually really liked. Mm-hmm. I did... I know I watched uh, the other one he did with Drew Barrymore. Um, the Blended? Blended. I watched it without you. Yeah, I never saw it. And it wasn't great. Yeah. But they have good chemistry. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to hold up with this movie. That's what's going to make it still good, mm-hmm. um, is their chemistry. And no, I agree obviously it works because they've done several movies together and... Yeah. I remember, I think like a couple of months ago, she said she'd definitely do another one with him because they're like BFFs. So. Yeah. So do you... I I kind of go back and forth and I'm like, because I don't know uh, that I really find him as funny as I used to. Yeah. But I agree with you that this one here, I think, will stand the test of time. I don't know about everything else he did in that time period, but I think this one will. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, this is probably without a... I'm not going to say probably. This is without a doubt my favorite one of his movies. I also don't know the last time I watched it. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. I want to say we watched it together, at least when we started dating. Mm-hmm. There was a period of time when me and Ryan started dating that that's pretty much all we did was watch movies. Either go together. to the movies mm-hmm. or we would like go to each other's houses and watch movie. That's true. So... Because we're nerds and we're movie nerds. <laughs> yeah, we're movie nerds. That's, so, that's how we, we bonded. So we're going to go ahead and the positive pause. But first, I am going to let you know that uh, you can find The Wedding Singer on all of the renting platforms like mm-hmm. Vudu, iTunes, YouTube, Amazon Prime. Um, I do see that it is on Cinemax. Really? Uh, yeah, if you have, like, they have their own little streaming service, like, called Max Go. Oh, 
like I HBO don't Go. think it is. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is on anything else like Netflix or um, what's that other one? Hulu. Hulu. And then. Crackle. I'm just going to uh, say. Oh, Crackle. There's <laughs> That's one. still a thing. Um, yes. Yeah, sure. So we'll go ahead. And hit the hit pause. pause. And then we're going to come back and talk about The Wedding Singer. The show. Bye. Bye. And we're back. We just finished watching The Wedding Singer. And now we're going to go ahead and hook up that brand new $700 CD player and talk about some technology. Yes. <laughs> and $700 is insane to me, but... Oh, my God. But that's what probably the going rate was, because back then you would get the CD player, and I'm sure it was probably speakers and everything. But although I will say he did walk in with like a rather small box Right, for I it. think that was maybe not so accurate to the yeah. time because i remember my dad's cd player that we still had up until like they moved mm-hmm. like we moved them out of their house recently like yeah. the last like four years and they still had that thing and that was like the first cd player my dad ever bought in the 80s it was huge mm-hmm. but also very good quality because yeah. stuck around until well into the 2000s i think things were made better back in the day oh yeah well and, and also like it was probably sony or like a legit brand whereas like nowadays you're buying like you can go into like walmart back in like the early 2000s and buy a cd player for like 20 dollars. yeah yeah everybody can make them even know if they if they do make CD players, it's probably, like, boom boxes, and there's probably, yeah. like, one that they carry. Yeah, that's a good point. We should uh, one day, like, make a point to walk over to electronics and just be like, do they sell a CD player? I think they have to. I, oh, because they still sell CDs. Yeah. So, not a huge selection of them, though. No. No, it's really tiny. But uh, that was uh, the technology that I noticed. What did you notice? Uh, the first thing I noticed was in one of the opening scenes... It wasn't so much an opening scene. I think it was after Robbie got dumped at the altar. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in his sister's uh, kitchen, and his nephews are watching a small box television, mm-hmm. and it's playing a Billy Idol video. So you definitely knew it was 1985, oh, yeah. or at least the 80s. Yeah. And then also, Glenn had a DeLorean, which was probably the coolest thing that guy had, oh, or yeah. anything to do with him, because he was a, a dick. Yeah, he was a total... He was, I would imagine, like... People that grew up in the 80s were watching this going, this this was the guy that I knew and hated. Yeah, he was, he was, he, he was like all of the 80s uh, yuppie cliches. Yes. Like he worked on uh, the stock market. Mm-hmm. He he dressed like he was an extra in Miami Vice. Yes. And did I even say that had, weird? No. <laughs> and he even weird. had like the, he had the five o'clock shadow like he was Don Johnson. Yes. Yeah. It was very well done. Yeah. Um. Was there anything else that you noticed as far as technology? No, the only thing that it was like, and it kind of goes with it, is how they would use the music to kind of set the setting more than anything, because there wasn't a ton of technology that was distracting. For a movie set in 1985, we have a CD player and a box TV, Yeah, but it's the music that really helps transport you to that time period. It does. And like you had mentioned in the beginning, before we rewatched the movie, the soundtrack was like a big deal. Yeah. To you. Mm-hmm. And soundtracks, to me, have always been an, an amazing th- playlist of songs. Yeah. Um, and you get, sometimes you discover, you know, songs that you'd never realized you would like until you associate it with a movie that you like. 
And this movie is kind of great because it came out in 1998, mm-hmm. set in 1985. So it was almost like a mixtape from 1985 for you to listen to. Right. Whereas almost the only one that I can really think of that still does that is like James Gunn with the Guardians movies. Yeah. It's legit a mixtape for I f- you. I feel like for the longest time movies did that. They made sure mm-hmm. that they had a really good soundtrack. Uh, and that's why I always liked like Garden State. Mm-hmm. I think I almost like the soundtrack more than I like the movie, which I think is another movie should rewatch because yeah. I haven't seen it since I bought it. And that was like 2004. I haven't seen it since I came out in theater, so yeah. we should definitely do that. But the soundtrack, I mean, I still rock the soundtrack occasionally. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Shins is one of my favorite bands. Yeah. So, and um, it's definitely a time period where, and it's something that kind of died, and I hope maybe with James Gunn it's coming back more, where, like, soundtracks really, some of them were more iconic than the film. Yeah. And then that's kind of gone away, but I feel like maybe they're coming back a little bit. Possibly. Um, I did want to add a little side category called It's the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I just wrote down some like things like uh, Robbie's nephew was running around in a Freddy Krueger ma- mask. Oh, yeah. And uh, there was a Dallas reference. Yes. It's <laughs> obviously Dallas's most iconic scene is yeah. when JR gets shot and. They're, uh, Robbie's sister's trying to get them to go. They're going out for the night. And he's like, hold on, something just happened. I think JR got shot. (laughs) And it's just like, I think he might be dead. I think he might be dead. And it was like literally the most iconic scene in that show. So it was kind of funny that they used that. I also wanted to mention as far as music, I do, it's a very small scene, but they're, uh, Julia and Robbie are on a double date with their, well, with her, he's with her cousin, Holly, Mm -hmm. and then she's with her douchebag fiance Mm -hmm. and they're like singing china girl yeah and i'm like every time i hear that song now i think of that scene (sighs) and it's such a weird thing to think about but it's just amazing how like music can make you associate certain things oh yeah um do you want to move on to our second category absolutely okay this category is called kids would call it a throwback we call it the prime of our teens and this is where we talk about fashion choices and offensive dated references, or uh, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this movie is technically a period piece because it's set in the 80s. Yes. Um, so, what did you have as far as fashion choices? Uh, I noticed a lot of pastels. Yes. Uh, some of my favorites, it was centered around uh, Drew Barrymore's cousin, Holly. Holly, yeah. Which is Christine Taylor. I noticed she wore a lot when they were, like, at work. She looked like she was trying to be Madonna. Which I know that was, like, a huge thing. Like, people dressed like her. Yeah. And then the other thing was she, the one morning's, like, rocking neon spandex with, like, a side ponytail and a sweatband. I was just like, oh, totally 80s. Like, all of the jewelry. Yeah. Rubber band bracelets and stuff. The, The first things I noticed was in the opening scene, it's just showing that uh, Adam Sandler's character, Robbie, is a wedding singer, and he's mm-hmm. a very good one. He's very enjoyable to watch, and yeah. he interacts with the crowds and stuff. Um, but the bride was wearing a headband. And I just remember, like, every, like, 80s movie I can think of, or for some reason I think of, like, soap operas that my mom used to watch, and whenever there'd be, like, an iconic wedding, mm-hmm. they always wore headbands like that, yeah. and that was, like, a fashion choice. And then I was thinking of how... What is our, like, our generation's fashion choice as far as weddings going to be that people are like, I can't believe people thought that was a good idea. Ooh. You know? I'm sure we're going to look back on some of the stuff of like, but as we know, everything always does come back down to, we were at Target the other day and they were selling 
motherfucking pogs pogs guys pogs pogs and if you're a child of the 90s and you didn't have pogs then you must have been living under a rock you were definitely if you ever wonder if you were cool and you didn't have pogs guess what you weren't cool <laughs> you weren't cool i'm sorry we'll answer that question for you you my, were not I, cool. I i texted my brother a picture of him immediately and if for anybody that wants to find them they're in target in the electronic section where they have all the pop figures pop figures mm-hmm. and they have like the stranger sitting section and the yeah. harry potter section they were like that they had like some fanny packs and then I, like, grabbed yeah. it, and I was like, are these Pogs? Freaking Pogs. It was amazing. It was the highlight Let's of my bring life. back the Pogs, guys. Bring them back. Let's, let's bring them back. For one summer, and then they'll go away <laughs> just like they did for us. Fun fact, my parents thought about opening up a Pog store. Really? Because I remember when we were kids, we went to this Pog store. This guy had opened up in his garage. It was, like, a side building, uh-huh. and... He was doing rather well because it was like oh, yeah. at the height of the popularity. And my parents were talking to them and my parents like really got into this. Like, we've got like a side garage. We can open up a little store. We can do this. Oh, man. And I'm so glad they didn't because that. The amount of inventory they would have been that, stuck with. Because it phased out so quickly, yeah. I felt like, that I don't know what would have happened to our family. <laughs> You guys would have lost everything. Yeah. So, pox. thanks, Mom and Dad, for not opening a oh, Pog store. Thank God. Uh, anyway. Um, some of the other, like, fashion choices was uh, I did see a Relax t-shirt from uh, Frankie Says Relax. Mm, yes. Uh, some acid wash jeans. Oh, I saw Alan Covert's character yeah. where they were, like, the baggy with, like, the mm-hmm. cuff. Yeah. And... And he was wearing, like, a real douchey belt with it. Yeah. yeah. It was like he was checking up on Robbie and I, I wrote that one down too. And I also wrote at Robbie's wedding to Linda, his mm-hmm. his his fiance, his sister was wearing a peach colored dress uh-huh. and it looked a lot like my mom's wedding dress <sighs> from uh, Remember from the Pictures. Oh yeah. Uh, and something that I did note was everybody's rocking these 80s references uh Adam Sandler's got big hair. Yes. His buddy rocks the Michael Jackson jacket from, like, Beat It. Mm-hmm. But Julia, Drew Barrymore's character, is almost, like, completely absolved of 80s references. Like, she, down to her wedding dress, was pretty nice and yeah, not it was too like, cheesy. It was very classically cut. Yeah. And she just had, like, a short haircut, and it was, like, a little wispy. Yeah. So, oh, let's get on to our offensive jokes and data references. What did you have? There was a ton because I think they made a ton of references because, like we said, they really didn't have technology. Uh, we did have a reference to our current occupant of the White House, Donald Trump, and yes. his first wife, all as he likes to call it, two wives ago, Ivana. Yes, which was was the joke. Yeah, because the person, at that point he was yeah. with Marla Maples, I think. Yeah, because it was like this lady at a photography studio and mm-hmm. Robbie's helping Julia get a better rate. And mm-hmm. she's just like, you guys remind me of... And she named a bunch of couples that yeah. obviously are no longer but yeah, that was together the, definitely the in joke. 1998. But yeah. It's kind of interesting, though, that like that tells you how relevant... Uh, old mr trump has been he was yeah. relevant back in 85 the you mentioned the delorean and mm-hmm. the miami vice theme song uh one of my favorite though is when julia goes to robbie's house and his ex who didn't show up to his wedding answers the door in a van halen t-shirt didn't show up to her wedding didn't even. show up to her wedding and then robbie was like you need to take off that shirt before the band breaks yeah. up which i love that joke because obviously we all know they break up yeah but i was like ah van halen 
Yeah, it's it's hilarious. I just wrote down some kind of offensive. Something I'm not more surprised there wasn't more of was like offensive jokes. Yeah. Because I'm thinking Adam Sandler to me is a little more of a I don't know, frat boy comedy. So yeah. there's like maybe some like masculinity issues. Mm-hmm. and But there wasn't really that much in here. The only thing that slightly bothered me, but it was very, very small, was the Alexa Arquette plays George. Is yeah, that, George. That's just her mm-hmm. <laughs> name. Who's in Robbie's band. And every time she started her song, which she did a cover of Culture, Culture Club. Club's. Do you do really want to hurt Yeah. Yeah. People gave her dirty looks, like, when she'd start singing it. Yeah. And I'm like, that song was popular. Oh, yeah. No, and Culture Club was crazy So popular. I'm like, they kind of... It was a little bit transphobic, but it wasn't... They didn't, like, try to make her the butt of the jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, a- Adam Sandler's character didn't, like, make reference to anything about her. Yeah. It was just It was just that slight thing. And I'm like, I could understand because in the beginning... She has to redo the song because she only has that one song. Yeah. And then Robbie doesn't come back to start his second set. And so she just starts doing it. And so I can understand people being like, oh, we don't want to hear this song again. But it was just something I noticed that was seemed a little unnecessary to add. But And I think that would go along with our usual category that we're like, could they get away with it in 2019? And I'm like, I don't know that that would be acceptable to make a character, but like. But it was it was so small though. Yeah. So that's it why it didn't really like make or break the movie for me. It no. just it was just something like that. Yeah, nobody would say anything about unless yeah. it was part of the plot. Yeah. They were trying to learn something from it. Um, and then also like he makes fun of like the chubby guy at the wedding when he's depressed after being left at the altar. So he's just being a horrible human yeah. being. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like I didn't. I, I thought most of the jokes were funny. Yeah. Was, uh, they weren't dated. Yeah, because, uh, and, and which again, it's kind of surprising, like, that it's, uh, like, we've called it a period piece, but they really weren't too dated. No. So. And just for, like, the sake that this actual movie's, uh, you know, 21 years old, mm-hmm. the, the jokes were still really funny. Yeah. Every time Adam Sandler had to talk to Glenn, I laughed because he was so sarcastic with them and... Yeah, and and it was just like a good Adam Sandler delivery. Mm-hmm. But um, should we move on to our next category? Yes, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our well, hello there, where we talk about uh, cameos or famous or recognizable actors that we may have noticed uh, that we had forgotten were in the film. Who did you notice? The first one I noticed was Christine Taylor because I totally forgot she was in the movie. Huh. I remember her part. Mm-hmm. I remember, that, but there's people that I forget if they don't make like a lasting impression in my mind. I'm like, I vaguely remember their character, but yeah. I, the only thing I remembered was that she was like a pretty blonde girl that they always made slut references about yeah. or that she was a little easy. So, and I totally forgot it was Christine Taylor. Well, how about one for you? Uh, one for me, which I totally never, ever picked on, uh, picked up on. You just uh, talked about when Robbie's really mad and he's like going around the ta- uh, room at a wedding, like picking on yeah. people. And he calls out the mutants at table <laughs> nine. And Brian Posan is one of the people. And we looked it up. It was his first acting role uh-huh. and for people. Brian Posan's not a huge actor, but he's a comedian and he's been in a ton of stuff. So this was actually his first role. Yeah. And he, I don't think he has a speaking line or anything. Like no, that. he's just part of the, the group of mutants. I'm using air quotes. The, yeah. They just all looked like random dudes. Yeah. 
Uh, who who else did you notice? There was the guy that was um, Robbie's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And I thought he looked really familiar, and we looked him up, and he was from Goodfellas. Yeah, Paul. Uh, he's Frank Severo. Frank Severo. And, and he played uh, Frankie... I can't remember. It's something really Italian. Yeah. Mobster never... sounding. And then Kevin Nealon, I forgot, yeah. was... He played a bank manager when mm. Robbie's trying to get a job to impress Julia. <laughs> he's like, I have a little bit of money. I would like some more. <laughs> That's where you come in. <laughs> Uh, Robert Smigel, yes. who uh, was one of the SNL writers. He, I don't think he was ever truly a cast member I don't of think SNL, so. but he was. Uh, he would appear in skits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played the chef, and he's rocking the Frankie Says Relax, which <laughs> then I love the scene where uh, everybody's dancing, uh-huh. and uh, everybody's holding each other's butts what? when they're dancing, and Robert Smigel and Alan Covert are <laughs> dancing, holding each other's butts like that. Yeah. And then I noticed, I totally forgot that Julia's mother was Christina Pickles. Yes. Who was in our last movie, Romeo and Juliet. Yes. And also plays Ross and Monica's mom on Friends. That is correct. And I never knew her name was Christina Pickles until last week when we did Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's her name? Yeah. How do I not know this? I did not know that. Because I think I've always just went, yeah, it's Ross and Monica's mom. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I've always known her as. Um, should we move on to, or did you have anybody else? The other one that I noticed was, and I, I did remember it, but he's in the movie, is Billy Idol. Yes. Plays Billy Idol. He does. And he doesn't look too bad. Obviously, he doesn't look as good. They, I think they made the mistake of, in the same scene that he was in, it was, he was on the plane in first class. Yes. Somebody's reading a magazine and has a picture of him. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have done that no. because then you're like, yeah, that's 1985 Billy Idol yeah. who looks kind of young. And now you're and showing me haggard. Yeah, 1998 Billy yeah. Idol who's definitely partied a little too hard. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that was pretty much it for me. Mm-hmm. That's it for me as well. Okay, let's move on to is it even good where we talk about the plot and the casting choices and we name our funniest and cringiest moments or lines in the movie how was the plot for you i thought the plot was fine it's definitely went in line with like a romantic comedy where you know they're gonna end up together in the end and there's like little cliches like they get into a fight and they don't talk yeah you know there's that cliche there's uh she's with a douchebag Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know it but i think honestly she knew the whole time she was with a douchebag yes but i feel like she had pressure from her mom yeah to get married rich yeah that was the thing i think that was a thing for the longest time and i it probably is a pressure for some people maybe of higher like upper class Mm -hmm. to marry somebody well off yeah but i always fault romantic comedies for that exact plot line where the nice person it, it sometimes it's a dude sometimes it's a woman like where they are dating a complete douchebag and yeah. they don't realize it no and i guess maybe that's true to life sometimes yeah. you fall in love and love is blind and you don't see everybody's faults but i think for the most part somebody as douchey as glenn i yeah. feel like you should notice that <laughs> guess what you're marrying a total tool yeah yeah did you have any other notes about the plot? Nothing about the plot. Uh, casting choices, I will say, like, this was a movie that I was like, I, 
I fell in love with Drew Barrymore. And she to this day, I've always enjoyed pretty much everything she's ever done, down yeah. to most recently Santa Clarita Diet. She's amazing. R.A.P. Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah. Screw you, Netflix. Stupid Netflix. You douche. But uh, yeah, like I love her in this movie. She's so likable. And yeah. even, like I said, this was kind of the movie that made it where I enjoyed Sandler movies for about the next 10 years of my life. Yeah. I, I agree that Drew Barrymore has this, like, th- a thing about her. She's just so cheerful and happy, mm-hmm. and it just makes you happy to watch her. Yeah. I agree as far as the casting choices. I did want to make a note that I hated the scene where Holly, her cousin, makes Julia and Robbie kiss. Yeah. Because, first of all, she's engaged. She, yeah, make... she's not being kissing it, some other guy. And how blind are you, Holly, that you can't see that they have chemistry and that they like each other? And then she doesn't see that they're attracted to each other even after like the amazing kiss mm-hmm. where the music swells and then she's just like oh i'm gonna date robbie i think yeah stupid holly yeah she was dumb <laughs> what what was your funniest line one of my fa- it's it's right at the beginning of the movie ironically it's uh the first wedding that they show mm-hmm. uh robbie's the wedding singer and he calls up the best man best man is emmy award-winning actor stephen buscemi that's right. I call them Steven. And is it Buscemi or Buscemi? Buscemi? Buscemi. I don't know. Buscemi. I think I've always said Buscemi. All right. Well. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah, though. He but. comes up and he starts airing his grievances about his yes. family and mainly at his father. And uh, Robbie kind of saves the day, gets the microphone away from him and he's mm-hmm. trying to like save things. But then Steve Buscemi just grabs a guitar and he starts playing the guitar and he's like, best guitarist in the world. Thank you very much. Self-taught. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, then he smacks the uh, cymbal on the drums. He's like, <laughs> and I don't know why that still cracks me up. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I was cracking up on that scene yeah. too because it was still hilarious because <sighs> I think that it's almost a cliche to have like a drunk best man at your wedding but at the same time probably happens occasionally oh yeah um mine was just uh pd robbie's nephew (laughs) when he walked you know what i'm gonna say when he walks up to linda it's after linda has left robbie from uh left him at the altar and she's like hey linda you're a bitch (laughs) and it's just and i i don't think i mean having little kids say cuss words Never gets old to me. Never. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. I remember, and I shouldn't even admit this, but, like, when our oldest nephew was, like, three, <laughs> I remember, like, trying to get him to cuss. I would, like, be like, hey, Remy, say this. Hey, Remy. And he, by that point, he was smart enough, and he knew he shouldn't say yeah, these Yeah, it was six. a bad word. And I was a terrible uncle, and I was just yeah. like, say this. And he's yeah, like, no, I, I think... can't say that, Uncle Ry Ry. That's the fun part about being an aunt and uncle is yeah, you can do stuff like that yeah. it's not your kid <laughs> no. anyway uh what was your cringiest liner moment my cringiest moment is the entire scene with and it was a guy i think maybe there was a time period where i enjoyed a little bit of his work but i don't really see the appeal and he's somehow still relevant is john lovitz yeah he plays like his competition in the city as the other wedding, wedding singer, singer. And just when he's performing his song and he's like grabbing his crotch and he's just so over the top, I was just like, ah, John Lovitz. I've always liked John Lovitz and I think it's because his delivery yeah. of his, it's very 
just almost dry. Mm-hmm. A little. It reminds me a little bit of like British humor. But I get what you're saying. He he is kind of polarizing, I guess. It's a bit of an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah. Um, my cringiest line. I'll I'll give you two, but the this one uh, won out after it happened. But it's after their double date. Robbie's walking Holly, who's Christine Taylor, up to the house, mm-hmm. and she kisses him, and she says "yummy" afterwards. Uh, it's it was just cringy because I know she's supposed to be playing this, I guess, promiscuous yeah. girl, and she's trying to be like sexy, but I was just like, gross! Don't ever say that yeah, again. Don't, don't just kiss but the me. other thing was uh, something Glenn said uh, when he said when Robbie was asking if he was excited to get married to Julie, she's like, she paid her dues. I owe it to her to get married. And you're yeah. Like, oh, you're the worst. He was awful. Did you have any other additional things that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no. The I guess the biggest thing is I noticed here, like we got quite a bit of the Sandler voice just in the movie. Yeah. Where he'll break into that, like I'm having Sandler. I gotta yeah. talk like or, this. Or like where he starts off, re- and then he starts yelling. Like yeah, <laughs> like that's just like classic Sandler isms. <sighs> Yeah, so that was just, like, the only other, like, I'm like, ah, uh, memories. Yeah. The one thing I, I noted was I felt like Glenn, when they're at the double date and the girls are in the bathroom because Julie is not feeling good, mm-hmm. Glenn was telling Robbie all about how he cheats and plans to continue cheating. Like, he was a villain telling the hero his whole plan from <laughs> world domination. I was like, you're an idiot. Why are... the James Bond villain. All Robbie had to do was pretend to be a douchebag for five seconds and this guy's like, I can trust this guy. <laughs> I'm going to tell them all about how I, I'm going to cheat on my fiancé yeah. slash wife. And then I just like that Robbie uh, takes Holly's word that Julia is marrying Glenn for money instead of just making his own assumption of the girl he likes. Yeah. And he's uh, gotten to know and pretty that's well. A, it's totally a romantic comedy trope, too. It's just like, I feel like I know this girl really well, but this other girl told me something bad about her. So I'm going to believe this girl that I don't really trust. Yeah. I that's I hate movies that rely on stuff like that because I'm like use common sense. Mm-hmm. Common sense. Yes. Anyway, should we get down to our final thoughts? Yes, we shall. We're gonna go ahead and give out our uh, first of two awards. Yes. Because as always on our podcast, it's always, always award, award season. Award season. Always. So the first award is the Val Victorian to the Nicholas Cage School of Online Bad Acting. <laughs> What did I read? <laughs> you said the valedictorian of Nicolas Cage School of Online Bad Acting. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. Uh, the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. I was like, so I'm confused. Do you just act bad online? Yeah, or It's just in a web series yeah. where he's bad. Everything uh, else is pretty delightful. Yes. <laughs> who did you give your award to well i there was two people i could give it out to but i ended up giving it to rosie who is the older little lady that robbie is t- uh, giving voice lessons to for mm-hmm. her 50th anniversary she's played by ellen albertini doe okay or dow d-o-w dow dow um she's 
an actress that's been in multiple things, and most notably like Wedding Crashers, mm-hmm. uh, Sister Act. There was a yeah. couple other movies, um, and she's, I mean, passed away now. Mm-hmm. The reason I gave it to her was because the first scene in her house when she, I felt like she was hamming it up, like she was delivering the lines really weird, mm-hmm. like almost like she didn't want to be there, kind yeah. of, or like overacting. And I get like. Adam Sandler movies, there's sometimes there's situations or over the top things that happen. Mm-hmm. But it it was it didn't seem like that was appropriate way to act it out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That was just me. But I still found her last scene where she when they're at her anniversary party and she breaks out into a rap. Yeah. Hilarious. Because I found yes. that really hilarious when I was a kid. It's mm-hmm. like, ha an old lady knows about rap. <laughs> like but it still doesn't erase the first scene for me where she's, like, giving him the meatballs. Which I know is still a funny scene, yeah. but just the way she delivers it. I love that when she then grabs his hands yeah. when he's holding the meatballs. After Also, the, when she points at his hands. Yeah. Like, Go ahead. Give me your hands. By the way, I was watching this movie with Brian, and he knows mannerisms. This is how well he knows this movie. Yeah. Is he knows the mannerisms and they're happening, and then he was quoting the movie so much. <sighs> It, it was amazing. It was. It's a delightful film. Uh, who was your pick? I gave it to my good friend, who I've already kind of buried a little bit, Jonathan Lovitz. And okay. it's because I felt like you could have... The scene could have been eliminated from the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't feel like it was even necessary that they're watching the other wedding singer in town. Yeah. You know, it's just like... Eh. And he's just... Like you said, he's polarizing... I think there was a time period where I didn't mind him. I like watching a lot of his old stuff from SNL when he'd be the liar and stuff like that. Yeah. But in this movie, I'm just like, you you weren't necessary to me. That's why I gave him my award. I get it. I, I felt like I had to give it to a side character because I liked the rest of the cast. Yeah. I thought everybody did really well and the acting was really good. So I honestly struggled giving out that award. Like Same. I thought it. I, there's usually movies where I watch it back and I'm like, oh, you're so cringy. But I like everybody like his best friend's fun drew barrymore's best friend's fun like right good times so i guess we can move on to our better award the thomas j hanks award for exceptional acting who was your pick for this one i gave it to julia gulia into julia i gave it to drew barrymore because she's like you said like she just she smiles a ton in the movie and you're just like it makes you smile yeah uh, but the scene that kind of sealed it for me is where she's crying to her mom about not wanting to marry Glenn. Yeah. And her mom's like, no, you're going to marry him. You'll love him. And she's just like, no, I can't see myself with him. And I don't want to be Julia Gulia. And I just, I was like, like I said, this was the movie that kind of, I, I didn't know really like, oh, that's the little girl from E.T. Like, yeah. I don't think I knew that. So, but going forward, I've like I said, I've always been a fan of hers and am to this day. And we did look it up um, that this was one of her first starring roles in the 90s, like mm-hmm. after, you know, she had some issues. And then she was in the opening scene of Scream, which we did uh, yeah. cover in one of our episodes, if you want to listen back to it so if you haven't heard archives. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the archives. Yes. In the archives. Of a... Uh, 11 episodes. Yes. Hey, we're in double digits now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Congratulations to us. Um, but I agree. She There's just something about her that I've always liked. She's cheerful, she's happy, and mm. she has good comedic timing. Very good comedic timing, yeah. 
my pick yes who did you was adam sandler oh because i think he like i had said in the beginning of our podcast he gets a bad rap now yeah he he does rely on some mannerisms and some jokes that are very him yeah but i think this movie compared to some of his other movies that i can remember it's been a while since i've seen some of them but i think it had this character had the most heart Mm -hmm. and the most I guess, dimensions. Yeah. And he played them very well. Like, when he was, like, devastated when he, you know, got left at the altar. And his his anger, obviously, a lot of his characters are angry. Yeah. That's definitely a basis of his characters. Mm-hmm. Happy Gilmore. Billy Mad. Well, I guess Billy Madison's not so much angry. No. As just dumb. Yeah. But, I mean, in a, in a lovable way. But I think this one had more dimensions. And I loved all the songs that he wrote. Yeah. Like, even the one that he sings for Julia after they see John Lovett's character. Like, it's a hilarious song. And it's actually pretty catchy. Yeah. The Cure song that he did. Yeah. Um, And he's a hopeless romantic, and he just plays that well. Um, Also, the last scene where he sings to Julia on the plane, Mm -hmm. like, still... When I was a kid, I found that super romantic. And it still is romantic. It's not... Like, obviously, we've done a couple kind of romantic comedies since starting this podcast, and there's stuff that when I was a kid, I'd see, and I was, you know, that was romantic to me. That's that's what romance was. This actually is romantic and and nice. Like, the song is yeah. just nice. It has a nice message about, you know, growing old. Yeah. It's with... a very cute moment. Yeah. And you, you do bring up a good point. Like, he... I don't know when it happened. I think people all of a sudden turned on him yeah and soured on him i like we said we haven't really seen anything uh that he's done for netflix but i've always found myself laughing and mm-hmm. enjoying his movies especially growing up even you know they always had a cute message behind them yes so i don't know i i enjoy his work i i agree and i like to remember people for their triumphs instead of their I guess not great moments. Yeah. I think that's the issue with a lot of people have like, yeah, you can remember him for all of his bad movies, but it's kind of like Eddie Murphy. You can remember all his bad movies if you want, but why not remember like Beverly Hill Cops or like, yeah, the movies you enjoyed from that person. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. With that being said, should we move on to answering the question? Does it hold up? I think we shall. Okay. What did you think? I thought, and I was a little worried. I thought like there was going to be some cheese ball over the top moments where I'm like, I don't know that I like him. Didn't get that sense. Like I definitely, there was very few moments where I was like, oh, this movie, like the cringiest thing for me. And I had to struggle to find it was those John Lovett scenes. I thought it really did hold up quite well. And it was a very good movie. Yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely comedies that don't age well Mm -hmm. because they rely too much on either offensive jokes, like at the expense of people that it's not even that funny anymore. Because Mm -hmm. I I know we do live in a very PC culture, Yeah. but at the same time, there's other ways to be funny than just cutting someone down yeah so and and this movie wasn't like that there's little moments where obviously they cut down on people but it it was like warranted yeah because the person was a douchebag like all of like i said like all of adam sandler's lines uh towards glenn were hilarious to me Mm -hmm. because or even at the at their engagement party when there's that uh glenn's friend yeah 
he's like, oh, you're the guy that got left at the altar. And he's like, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Do you want to bring up my parents' death too? Like, (laughs) so that was hilarious to me. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, so I I think it definitely held up. And I was a little, I was hopeful it was going to hold up. And I was a little scared. I was a little scared it wasn't. And because I... I find, like, a lot of movies from my childhood, I'm like, eh, it kind of walks a fine line. I thought this one really didn't even walk a fine line. Mm-hmm. I thought it just outright held up. I'm, like, almost in hindsight, I was like, man, how did these guys not get, like, a little award love? Like, like at least from, like, the Golden Globes and stuff. Because yeah. I was like, the songs were funny. And they both, like you said, they have a ton of chemistry. There's a reason that Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore have made three well two super successful movies one i don't know that it was very successful it no. might have been but they made movies together because they are very well likable together i i feel like nowadays the golden globes would if this movie came out today and it was written just as well i think the golden Globes would show love mm-hmm. because i feel like they've opened up what kind of movies they add like yeah. they've been adding superhero movies you know but they were still kind of snobby yeah. in the 90s. They were still like, well, if it's not written by, you know... Yeah. I, insert... If it's not a Spielberg movie, yeah. we don't give it love. But I think, honestly, for me, not every movie is written to be an Oscar-nominated movie. No. Some movies are just there for people to enjoy. Yes. And I think this movie is still very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's still hilarious. I was cracking up with a bunch of scenes. And it it's not dated to me. I mean, it helps that it, it, it dates itself in the sense that it's a 1998 movie written for 1985. Yeah. So I think that helps with it, too. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't make references. I mean, that they are dated references, but they're... Made to be dated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not yeah. doing it just to be hip. Mm-hmm. To me, that's really the only time references date a movie is if you're talking about something... Um, that is no longer popular. And you know what was funny was we were watching the end credits and that was when I finally went, oh, well, that kind of dates it. And it was because they had the presidents of the United States singing Video Killed the Radio yeah. Star. And that's the one thing that dates this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's kind of funny. So I agree. It does hold up. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a hilarious movie. Very funny. And I would say it's probably one of my favorite Adam Sandler Definitely. movies to date mm-hmm. when i was a kid definitely billy madison was up there and maybe we could do that yeah as definitely. an adam sandler series Ooh. of ruining our childhood but we'll see yeah we'll see definitely. we'll um so next week we'll we'll come back i'm gonna go ahead and put up a facebook poll yes. this tuesday when this episode comes out of some choices and see if you guys will pick one for us yes because that would be awesome it's and just it- facebook at ruining our childhood that is correct. So you just go to Facebook.com. At go go to the search bar. Search Ruining mm. Our Childhood or at Ruining Our Childhood. Yes. And it's Facebook.com. <laughs> F-A-C-E-B-O-O-K. But you got to type www. You, you, don't have you to actually do don't have to do that. You, you don't have to subject. do that. It's not 1993. <laughs> no. Um, but that's it for us today, guys. Uh, hit us up on social media other yeah. than facebook.com you can hit us up at instagram.com i-n-s-t-a-g-r-a-m that's instagram or if you're just like any other normal person just open your phone and find the little (laughs) 
camera picture and click that. Click on that. Uh, the Facebook one, that one's going to just be an F. Yeah, and it's blue, I believe. Yeah, blue and white, yes. <laughs> and then also we're on the tweets. The Twitter. The Twitter. The Twitter. That's going to be the one. It's the icon with a bird. That's correct. <laughs> I'm glad you know that. He has no clue what he, I don't have Twitter. And it's at ROC Movie, movie pod- Podcast. Podcast, yeah, yes. yeah. And then, uh, as always, we ask you to please like and subscribe to our podcast. If you're listening to this on any app that lets you subscribe or leave a comment, do that for us. Ooh. Just let us know what you want. Yeah. And if you hate us, also, just leave us a comment. I want to know. Throw it on there. Yeah. If you hate us, also, I want to know why. List specific reasons why you yes. hate us. And then please. if you could have references to, you know, specifically reference what like you hated. in episode two... At the nine minute mark, 20 seconds. You said Selma Blair sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so reference that specifically. We'll go back. We will find episode two. Go to the nine minute mark and we'll be like, you are correct. Yeah. Selma Blair does suck. Thank so. you, Danny. Yes. Just kidding. So, but that should do it for us. And All we right. will find you guys next week at Rooney and Our Childhood. Childhood. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, we want to talk to you a little bit about the PodCoin app. Yes, the PodCoin app. It pays you to listen to Ruining Our Childhood as well as your other favorite podcasts. You can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards for some of your favorite stores. What? Starbucks? Check. Amazon? Correct. Target? Seriously, guys, this is pretty legit. Join the PodCoin app today on iPhone or Android, and I said join, but yeah. I meant download. We've got to download And it. use code RUINING to get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. That's 300 PodCoin for using R-U-I-N-I-N-G. That's how you spell ruining, just in case you don't know that. Yes. So if you're basically listening to podcasts all day anyways while you're working or driving or doing anything, might as well make some money off the deal. Am I right? Yeah, totally. I mean, free coffee for something you're already doing sounds fantastic. It does sound fantastic. (laughs) Take a shot. So go give the PodCoin app a try today. And also don't forget to listen to Ruining Our Childhood and make some money, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye.